Welcome to the Pharrell Spit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pharrell Spit Podcast. Uh, I'm here today with uh, my director of the Barbell Club, Robin Reader. Hey, Robin. Hey, you guys. Robin's been with us for a long time. She is a, a sensation at the gym. Um, has come back from from cancer and is now cancer free. Almost five years, going on. Almost five years, five years. Yeah. yeah. And um, doing stronger than ever, doing better than ever, uh, and and doing a great job with this barbell club. So, Robin, let, let's check in with barbell club. How's it going? What what's what's been developing? Yeah. So we started barbell club. We've always had that lift class, which is the Olympic weightlifting class. So if you're a limitless member, you have always had access to that lift class. We offer it three times a week. Then we started showing interest in members and people that took that lift class started showing interest in wanting to compete. It's like, why am I putting in this, all this hard work and not showing anything for it? You know, it's great lifting heavy in the gym and around people, but the difference between Olympic weightlifting, or I call it weightlifting and taking build or train is it's an actual sport it's an Olympic sport that they perform at the Olympics. So like you're training for a sport instead of training for aesthetics. I mean, that's like the biggest difference. I think it, it just gives people a, a real solid reason to train. Like sometimes it helps to have that goal. You've got that event coming up, you know, same if like exactly. a marathon or whatever, whatever it is, it's good to have something in diet. It's like, I know I'm competing on this, on this day, and this is what I need to do in order to get to that point. And I think that's massively helpful for a lot of people because for some, like just the ongoing, like just training every day for the sake of training can get dull after a time and motivation can be a, an issue. So I think a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, they need that. They need that sense. Of yeah. Training. I mean, even for us, like we've been training for world long time. Long time. Um, and it's nice to have, like, you're going to do, we're having that meet coming up at yep. Barrows in a couple of weeks and you're going to do it, which is yep. awesome. So you've been doing the barbell club programming, which is yep. amazing. It's just nice to kind of just see where you check in with yourself and be like, you know, we were all, I mean, I was an athlete at some point in my life. You were probably an athlete at some point in your life. You've competed in something at some point. And it's nice to be like, have that thing again to train for yeah. and like perform. And what I, what I love about like little, little things like this, little competitions like this is that, you know, n- none of us are professional athletes. None of us are giving up our day jobs to do this. We're all no. just like doing it recreationally. And that's, exactly. I feel like about like low level, small, like CrossFit competitions. As soon as it gets to the point where you're competing against people who are doing this for a living, you know, it's, it becomes a different thing. And it's just, it's just annoying at that point because it's just. It's annoying not, and it's not fun. And it's not it's- fun because you can't, you can't compete with that. Um, exactly. And for me, it's like. I'm not going to compete in bodybuilding because I'm not going to like take everything I would need to take to do that. Exactly. Same. You know, but I want, I want to do things like I want to do events. I want to have things to train for. I want to test myself. I want, I like the push of that. So signing up for something like this and for like, like I said, if it's a local CrossFit competition or if it's a fucking 5k run or a half marathon, whatever it is, like having stuff like that in the diary, I just think can be like immensely helpful, uh, as a reason to train, as um, yes. interesting to give yourself some kind of like measure. You have progress. You can do little meets throughout the year and you can be like, okay, I hit 45 kilos on my snatch in this meet in June. And in December, I hit 
50 kilos. That's five kilos, which is like 11 pounds in six months. Like that's a big difference in like in weightlifting 10 pounds is a lot to put on it is and what i love about olympic weightlifting is it's such an art form it's it's not i mean you have to be strong but yes. you have to have grace with that strength and you have to have mobility with that with that strength and it's such yes. a precise artistic sport that i think it, it, really, it really does appeal to a certain demographic and i know you've had immense success with women in this uh, barbell club yeah so that's that's like honestly i love coaching i mean i love coaching men like i obviously coach a ton of men but like i prefer coaching women and weightlifting just because you know the best weightlifters are those with great mobility and those with great mobility are people that grew up doing gymnastics dance cheer Sports where you had to like really use your body. And a lot of those sports are women. Women did those sports. Yeah. So, you know, they have just great mobility. That being said, like, you know, I do have, I don't know, let's say on like last night was Thursday night. I had 12 people in class. Four of them were men. So it's like, it's growing in popularity amongst men, but it's definitely, it's so, I think because it is such a frustrating mm. sport. You know, you can take build and you, let's say it's um, four sets of 12 on dumbbell press, okay? You can pick whatever you weight you want and you can do your 12 reps. You'll never go to failure. You can do your first lift at 60% on a snatch and fail it, like just out of, just because of technique. And that is very Well, here is the thing. Like with guys, there's an ego element to it. So yeah, 100%. If, if you show up to a weightlifting session and you can't snatch 95 pounds, then your ego gets damaged if you're a certain type of guy. Yes. Um, I think women suffer less from that ego problem. Um, and I think guys- 100%. Especially if they're strong guys, they're like, they show up and like, you know, they think they're gonna be something and then they can't do it. Yeah. It can be incredibly like almost humiliating and embarrassing because, you know, they wanna show the world that they're a strong guy and they can't lift that. Yeah, weight. and they can, you can't lift it because you don't put the time in for technique. The thing about weightlifting is, and actually a, a weightlifting coach, Sean Waxman, he's not in LA anymore. I think he moved, I don't know where he'd like moved to Utah or something. But he said to me, I did some like private over the pandemic with him. Mm. And he said to me like, weightlifting isn't how much you show up. It's not, I can't, I can show up six days a week and do it. But it's like, how bad do I want it? Meaning putting in the sleep, putting in the nutrition, putting in the accessories, like doing all of the work. Yeah, It's not just showing up to class for an hour and being like, okay, I'm going to get better because I do this three times a week. It's not, it's just not going to happen. You really have to kind of want it. It's, you really have to understand it as well. And you have to stand, understand movement and you have to understand position. Yeah. Like it's, it's so interesting to me because before I do any lift, I, I have to visualize what that lift looks like before I lift it. A hundred percent. In every position, how it should look before I do it. Now, often it doesn't end up looking like I envisioned it would, but that, <laughs> that picture helps. You know, they say the best athletes learn from watching other mm. athletes. So like when, when I coach, um, it's our Saturday build hybrid class. We always have clean and jerks in that class. So usually on um, our last clean and jerk, I have people go individually so everyone so, can yeah. watch yeah because you're so into your like own yes. 
space and your workout that you're not taking the time to watch others. And you can learn so much by watching someone else do it, especially someone that does it really well. I mean, have you ever been in a class where we're going heavy? Like, I'm sure you have. We're all going heavy. Say it's like a max out. And then you watch one person fail. And the next thing you know, it's like a domino effect of everyone failing. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like that. It also helps to watch yourself, to record yourself and watch yourself back. Oh, yeah. Especially when it comes to things like triple extension, because you might think you're reaching triple extension and you might think your hips are coming through. But when you watch it back, it's like, oh, my God. And that that helps immensely with frustration because frustration happens when you don't understand. Like fucking golf for me, like I'm terrible at golf just because my fucking I get so enraged when the ball goes off in this direction, this direction. I don't understand why. Like it's the same thing with yeah. weightlifting. If you don't understand why you're failing a lift, it can be very frustrating. Where if you watch it back and it's like, oh, I can see I didn't get my hips through. And there's all these little things, all these little nuances that once you can understand it and comprehend it, you can fix it and it becomes less of a frustration. Yeah, I mean there so <laughs> it's Sonia Bradley who I love. Hi Sonia, if you're listening to this. I love her. Um, you know, she's been with me a long time with weightlifting. She wants it bad. She puts in the time. She does all of the programming. She also does CrossFit. There was a time where I was watching her and I was like, this girl's not going to do it. And every, she's come, she has come so far. That's why I'm like, even like with little things, I'm like, it's okay. I know we're going to work through it because you've worked through everything else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, I'm not a broken record. There are some people where I'm like, you know, you got to stay over the bar and they don't understand what that means. So I have to change what right. that, uh, what I'm saying as a coach, you have to, not everybody learns the same way and not everyone can be coached the same yeah. way. So I think that that's the hardest part of coaching intermediate to novice level lifters. Like I don't have anyone that's like extremely talented at weightlifting i mean everyone's like kind of talented including myself like i'm kind of talented at it even anna she's kind of talented at it but like none of us are going to the limits like we're just we're having fun and we're getting better The interesting thing about weightlifting as well i mean there's there's something called rate coding so you have your you have your pure strength and you have your potential power and then you have your rate coding yeah it's basically coordination and what you see and what I've seen with the, the girls that you train and you, you post them on Instagram is how much their coordination has, has improved. Because to yes. go from you know the first pull to the second pull to the third pull, like takes it takes a lot. It takes a lot of coordination, a lot of moving parts happening at the yeah, same time like, within a split second. Yes. And it takes a while for that to kick in. Um, even if like like I said, if you've been doing strength training for a long time, uh, and even some some kind of power training, once you start to try and put all those things together. Your body really has to learn, okay, you want this and this and this to happen in sequence. And once your body kind of learns that sequence and repeats that sequence, it starts to improve that that kind of rate coding. Exactly. Yeah. It's that repetition of it. So it's like the more you do it, the more you're going to get better at it. The more that barbell's over your head, the more you're going to get comfortable in the bottom of that snatch position. The more you fail with the barbell over your head, the more you're going to get comfortable at going heavier and failing heavier. And the more you get comfortable at just holding that barbell, it's just going to happen. But you have to put in yeah. the work. I coached build today at uh, the 10 a, our 10 a.m. build today. And I don't coach build a lot. I was covering for someone. And it was shoulder day. So it was like overhead pressing. And I was 
very honest with these guys. You know, it's a class of 20 people. I had one female in the class, all men. And I was like, look, if you guys want to get your shoulders big and juicy and a big round 360, you got to take this to failure. You're doing three presses on your right, three presses on your left, not that many reps. You want that third rep to feel like fucking yeah. shit, you know? But in weightlifting, failure, it doesn't exist like that. Failure is like you're missing the lift because of a technical right. issue. Unless once you get that technique dialed in, which I don't think any of us do, including myself, maybe you're missing lifts because of yeah. strength. I don't think anybody, I mean, everyone's always trying to you get know? better technically. Yeah. What I notice, what, I, what I've noticed having been doing more weightlifting again is it's an energy thing. It takes a lot of energy to do multiple lifts at a heavy weight. And you have to be really careful not to do too many reps. Not You have to be careful not to do too many warm-ups because you only have so much energy and the, 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 the taxation on your CNS, on your central nervous system is so great that I just, I just yep. find myself like, fuck, I'm just, I'm, I'm not sore. My muscles aren't like, but I'm just fucking tired. You're tired. You just can't pull the bar anymore. Yeah. And you can't move the bar anymore. So it becomes, yep. you know, you have to be very conservative and you have to be very measured with your volume and what you're doing. Um, exactly. You know, especially for people that are coming from a CrossFit background, it's like, it's so tempting to just do like, you know, 30 reps of this and 30 reps of that. And it's like at a certain point, you have to understand that the, the body can only handle so much taxation before it's going to stop. It's going to give up on you. I mean, we understand that now as like we're older and we've been doing CrossFit and weightlifting and bodybuilding for a long time. You said something really interesting about the CrossFit and the 30 reps. So say like Isabel, which is like 30 snatches for time. Okay. You could do those power. You can squat them however you want to do them. We in CrossFit, we get conditioned at certain weights. So I can do six snatches at 65 pounds. I can do snatches at 95 pounds. I can do snatches at 105 pounds. The second you put 2.5s on the bar, I can't fucking do it. Yeah. I conditioned myself at certain weight increments, but you know, I'm fucked the second yes. 2.5 pounds goes on the bar. And people get really frustrated about being like, I just did Isabella 95 pounds. Why can't I snatch 100 pounds? You've conditioned yourself for Isabel. It's a completely different energy system. Yeah. And you're probably most likely not using great technique when you're doing Isabel. It might not count in weightlifting. I don't right. know. I don't yes. think you're that, that, is, that is the problem with it. Like, I, I can't remember what the statistic is, but for every bad rep you do, it takes like five reps to unlearn that bad habit. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So if you do 30, yeah. 30 reps, 30 bad reps at 95 pounds, you know, your technique's not going to get better. <laughs> It's going to suck. No, it's not going to get better. And it's going to, you know, yeah. I mean, with weightlifting, like when you get that, say you're pushing for a hundred pounds in your snatch or that 45 kilo snatch or whatever, or for like men, you guys all want like a hundred kilo snatch and you get that, you get that dopamine, that yeah. feeling of like excellence, but 95% of weightlifting training is you're not getting that dopamine. You're frustrated. You're upset. You're it's blood, sweat, and tears, but getting that hundred kilo snatch, it's worth it at the yeah. end. Yeah. It's worth it. But with CrossFit, you're going in and you want to skyrocket your heart rate to 190 every fucking day because you're used to running off of that dopamine release. Yeah. I mean, anything like we all work out for some sort of dopamine, right? whatever it is, but like, we're not hitting a hundred kilos every day, you know? So yeah. 
it's just a completely different different sport even though it's like a sport within the sport it's just different how how hard do you find it to coach people to get under the bar and what i mean by that is at a certain point it's all about getting under the bar and how much sack you've got to get under the bar and how willing you are to get under the bar and it's yeah like you're saying it's a mental, it's a yeah thing. and yeah you know, it's it's hard to go from that thing where you're doing basically a power a power clean into a front squat as opposed to landing in the bottom of a of a clean. Yep, which is easier. Like it, I it is, but, it's but you have once to train you yourself the to, to, yeah. to get to that point. Um, and it's the same thing for me yeah. with the jerk to teach people to get low under the jerk and not just to basically like put one foot in front of the other. It's difficult, and and I've been doing this for a long time, obviously, and I still struggle with that with that depth to get to get down quickly and some of it is obviously mobility yeah. and being old and shit like that do you find that to be one of the the hardest things to actually coach people to do to just get under the fucking bar yeah trusting yourself like uh we went heavy on clean and jerks yesterday because we're a couple weeks out from this meet so it's our last heavy day there was one video that i think michelle took it was like from her back angle she went and did a lift she literally pulled the barbell up to her fucking eyeballs and just dropped it and then 15 seconds later in the background you see sonia do the exact same thing they're so both of them are so strong and they're pulling the bar but they're not trusting themselves pulling they're not pulling themselves under it so you can't just pull the bar and drop because you're going to get dumped on it's going to be impossible to stand up out of it so that's your third pull is where you're pulling under and they're just it's it's scary one like you don't want to fuck your shit up but we've been training percentages for so long that, you know, they need to just kind of get out of their head and they will, once they get through that mental block, they will kind of like excel, but you do have to get through that mental block. And a lot of people have a mental block at like a certain number. I'm sure you have a certain number. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, but you're strong enough. It's, to it's hit funny. It. Like, um, with a lot of things, like as soon as, as soon as I get over 225, like something like changes in my brain, I'm like, oh, you're over 225 now. This is going to get tough and then from that point on it gets exponentially harder even though like objectively yeah. but why i, I don't know it's just, it's, just that, it's just that number like it's just objectively it's i know it's not that heavy and it's you know I, it should be easy for me for whatever reason for some reason 225 is just that number i'm like yeah as soon as it gets over that like i have to really think about uh i really 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 take myself seriously and really get everything correct and again, I think that, it's how bad you want it. Yeah. Too. It's, it's how like, bad you do want you, it. Like, do you, how bad you want it? And like, do you care that much? Like 225 is heavy. What I find is, like I've said before with energy, like I've only got so many lifts over 225 energy wise. Yeah, 100%. Before my, before my coordination yeah. goes. You know, I have to be very careful with like 235, 245 in that area. Like, because I know like that's going to be right at my limit. If I've done too yep. much to get there, I won't get it. <laughs> Yeah, so I have our lift class is like an hour, but I have like a 15 minute window between my RX class and lift class. So we usually go like an hour and 15. I, so when I first started weightlifting, I went to a gym like in Woodland Hills, uh, Takano, and I was still crossfitting at the time. I was young. I was maybe 30. I don't even know if I was 30 yet, but I would get on the rower. I would do all my banded stretch. I would do all my glute stuff. And he was like, stop, you're doing too much. You're going to waste your energy. Right. Yeah. And so like when I warm people up, I, I still use Emily's PVC pipe warm up, which yeah. is you hit everything. Yeah. 
We do some glute activation stuff. We do some squat drills and some like knee over toe drills for ankle dorsiflexion. And then we're going. So it takes me 15 minutes to warm them up. And then we're, and I think that's all you really need before putting on lightweight onto an empty barbell. Yes. There's definitely a danger of doing too much. And it's, it's symptomatic. Like you don't need to row. Like with everything, like things move in patterns. So Previously, the problem is people do any warm-ups. They just went in and started working out. And then yeah. CrossFit came along. It's like, oh, no, no, no. If you're going to do this stuff, you've got to mobilize. You've got to do all this stuff before you. And then it's a fucking 45-minute warm-up for a 10-minute workout. So it went completely the other way. And now it's like, okay, you need to, you need some stuff. You, need to, you do need to warm up sensibly that you need some stuff. Yes. But you can't do everything. You can't do five glute drills, five hip drills, five ankle drills, five shoulder overhead. Like you just, you can't do it. You, you, you will burn out. And even if it's light, even if it doesn't feel like much, everything, everything has a price. Everything is a tax. Yeah. You have to be very aware of that as you're, as you're preparing yourself for the, these kind of lifts. It's almost like you need to get there as quickly as you can. So whatever, whatever you do to get there as quickly as you can, that's what you do. <laughs> and just Exactly. Yeah. So we do the same warm up. Every time. So yeah. Tuesday and Thursday when I coach, they know that we're going to do three minutes moderate on the bike just to flush our legs from a couple of days before from squatting. And then we're going to go into the PVC warm up. Then we're going to maybe do some glute activation. And then we're going to do an empty barbell warm up. And then they're game on. Time to go. But we're always doing the same thing because when we come to competition, I don't want to throw them. You know, they should know exactly what their body needs to warm up and co on competition day. Yeah. So we do the same exact thing. And, you know, it's kind of like the progressive overload of warming up. Mm. Like we're not really changing it that much. We're maybe adding a little bit more resistance, maybe doing a little bit of a heavier barbell on the barbell warm up, but that's it. Yeah. How have you dealt with, I mean, you're, you're an incredibly resilient person, um, as, as we know. And I know you've dealt with a lot in the past. And now you're dealing with this. Um, we have a similar injury. You, you tore a leg yeah. your wrist, right? Yeah, I think you do. I think you have the exact same one. Yeah, I, I, I severed mine. Did you did your sever? Look how small my hand. Mine severed, so there's nothing, there is nothing there. Yeah. But, okay, so it's a scaphoid lunate ligament. Yeah. So you have the scaphoid and the lunate bone, scaphoid lunate. And it's the ligament that kind of holds them together. Yeah. So the bone, which I'm sure you saw in your MRI, it gaps. When the ligament's yes. not there, the two yes. bones kind of gap away yeah. from each other. So what happens when that gaps is your bone shifts. And so the pain, so my pain, I couldn't even load anything in front rack. I was, I couldn't go into plank. I was like, I'm fucked. I was like, I'm never going to do anything again. I was like, you know, you go to the absolute worst, darkest, negative place because I'm so used to working out for 90 minutes to two hours, five days a week, getting my dopamine kick from that, like trying to like, you know, yeah, function in my everyday life. Yeah. How are you dealing with that? Like mentally from... Honestly, because I had to back off so much in December because I couldn't hold load anymore. So I went straight in. So I'm so thankful for Pharaoh's base and all of our arsenal strength stuff yeah. because I don't have to load a barbell to get the same yeah. thing done. If not better, like I feel like my sim stimulus is probably better now because now I'm straight up just bodybuilding. So, you know, which I hadn't really, I'd done bodybuilding as accessory work to my weightlifting or to my CrossFit, but I've never done bodybuilding on its own. Mm. And I'm enjoying the journey right now. Obviously, I can't really do much with the side right now. But, you know, I, I'm doing a lot of lists. I did an hour on the treadmill. And then I do glute stuff. I do. I have a glute day. I have a quad day. I did abs today. Like, I, I'm making it work. All I want is for a fighting chance to come back. Yeah. And that is what I told my surgeon the day of my surgery. I showed him a, a video of me snatching. I was like, I want to be able to do this again. 
And he's like, I don't know if I, I can't promise you that is what he said to me. Well, he's like, I can't promise you that. Cause obviously they don't want you to like yeah. fuck your shit. They're yeah. like putting it all back together and you, they don't want you to go fuck it up again. But you know, after surgery and I met him a week later and he's like, you had, so it was completely severed. He's like, there was a little part of the tendon dangling. I was able to repair that tendon and then do a full reconstruction. So with the reconstruction is they took another ligament and added it. Wow. So I have a double, he's like, I made it as strong as I can. Yeah. And hoping that like, you know, like I'm not in pain and I do my mobility to get back into a fighting chance because I did make masters nationals, which was last weekend, which is a bummer. Cause I would have loved to go, yeah. but you know, I've done this. I've seen this rodeo. I'm well, if it, I'm in better shape now. If it, like if, so it, if like, it gives you any hope when, when it happened to me, and I didn't have surgery. The guy was like, you can't clean anymore. You're done. You just have to accept that, that this is just not going to be in your wheelhouse anymore. And I can clean 265. Does it hurt? Does it hurt? Yes. Like it does a little bit. Like it causes <laughs> me pain. Um, I, I'm not, like, not in pain. And I'll probably get like a good amount of arthritis in my in my later years. But yeah, I can do it. Actually, the worst thing is overhead squats. Oh, the worst. Oh, that load overhead. I did. I did three at 185. Um, three overhead squats at 185 a couple of weeks ago. It's just so painful. I mean, you're like a, you're a better man than me. Cause I would be like, nope, I'm I can, out. But they, I mean, I, this is five years ago. Mine happened. So it's been a while. What are you? So, I mean, it's not going to get better. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> like, maybe other stuff will grow around it and everything will be all right. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think, you know, I asked him the day of my surgery because I didn't really want the surgery. And I was like, do I need this? Yeah. You know, as the anesthesia is yeah. going in and I'm like falling asleep. And he was like, 100%. Yeah. You know, and so I had, I see, I saw four surgeons and every single one of them said I needed it. They're like, you're too young to go arthritic. So I'm like, okay, you know, and my bones shifted. So, you know, if my bones didn't shift, maybe yeah. something else. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think I had that. I don't think my bones shifted. Yeah, all my bones shifted backwards. How did you? How did you? How did so you, that's how did you, why it kind of hurt. So two days before my meet in July, I literally was just walking in the base and tripped and caught myself. <laughs> so I hurt my wrist right before the meet. I went into the meet with the fear of God in me. I did okay. I failed my last jerk because it hurt like a fucking bitch. I would have hit that if I wasn't hurt. And then I kind of like was like rehabbing it and felt fine. And then I did a heavy D ball like three weeks later and I heard a pop and I was like, look, if it was hanging on, it was hanging on by a thread and I just sent it over. Cause that's how mine happened. So, mine happened with a D ball, but what? Mine yeah, it's why you I always tell people you have to pick up a D ball with your forearms and not your, your hands because a lot of people will just put their hands yeah. on and pull. And I hundred percent did that. And I know better yeah. than that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how it happened. So you're not the only okay, Pete. So mine was a D ball, yours was a D ball, and I know one other person that did it with a D ball. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna name names, but if you listen to this, you know it's yeah. you who's in your same situation who's like denying that it's hurt. But yeah, I heard a pop. Yeah, yeah I did too. A pop and like a little shrivel and I was like, uh yeah. yeah. It's rough, but it's yeah, like I I think I always joke, like you can complain about this stuff and then you see someone like with one leg competing in some amazing event. You're like, okay, I need to stop fucking debating about this. Like just- I think about that yeah. all the time. I'm like, I can come back from this, but like, you can't come back. Like I have like going into this sarcoma. So sarcomas are bone, most of them are bone cancers. 
And a lot of my friends that were going through treatment were amputees, had to lose legs, had to lose arms, had to lose fingers, um, hands, because with bone cancer is to stop it from spreading, you just have to like cut it off, you know, like that, that mine was luckily in the soft tissue and they were able to like scoop it out and like get it out that way. That's kind of a disgusting way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to like get it out. But yeah, there's a lot of sarcoma survivors out there that are, you know, they don't have legs, they don't have arms, they're amputees. And it's, you know, I have a dear friend that like, that was her fighting chance was to like, lose a leg and she ended up ultimately dying from it. But it's sad. It's sad that that's, that's, but I think with you as well, I think you, you kind of, because you understand how fragile life can be and how like how fatal it can be so so quickly everything you can do to live the best life possible you have to do in the moment so you have to a hundred percent make the most of the time that you have yeah i think it's changed me a lot i like think about that a lot for example earlier today there was like a little situation with a guy old me would have been like get the fuck out of here you know and then i'm just like eh, this isn't worth it right and i just like walked away because i don't have it in me to fight those battles anymore like my life is like it's not that's I've changed because you know me I used to be a little spicy little spitfire I mean and I'm still that I'm still 100% that but it's perspective but I know yeah my my perspective is different and I like know when to like reel it in right it's like Like, I'm like it's not worth it some fights that aren't worth fighting you just have to it's not it's not worth my cortisol to get like super high it's not there's a lot that I'm just like Mm, I'm gonna pick my battle and this isn't it you know I also have a four-year-old you have two kids you pick your battles it's also the situation you know you have to understand where someone else is coming from and sometimes people forget that uh you don't know what's happening in someone else's day you don't know what the situation's been leading up to that yes anything could have happened yes so you always have to be very careful of judging people or being too hard on people you have to go into a, a situation being open to the idea that they might have had a really fucking bad day Someone could have just died that they knew. Like, it could be anything. Yeah. You know, pre-cancer, I probably didn't think like that at all. I didn't care. Like, I didn't care about their lives. Like, fuck them. Like, if they were a dick to me, I'm going to be a dick right back. But now, knowing what I know and knowing what my family went through, my my friends went through, what you guys had to go through, like, what everyone had to go through that knew me going through this, like, you don't know what, like, your days were like, you know? So, you know, I just... Everyone just deserves to be treated with some sort of respect. That being said, some people are just dicks. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. At the end of the day, if they're a dick, like, I'm not going to be a dick back, but like, it sucks to be you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the meet. We've got this meet coming up next weekend, right? Yeah. Next week. Yeah. So April 2nd. April 2nd. And we basically got two kind of categories one is just the clean and jerk, and one is the clean and jerk yep. and the snatch. The reason we do that is because obviously in, in build, we only do the clean and jerk and in, in uh, exactly in lift, we, we add the snatch as well. Cause it's, it's more complicated. What, what does the day look like? Like how, do, how, right. how does, how is it organized? So, you know, like a traditional meet, like a sanctioned USAW, USA weightlifting meet, you go in, you're going to weigh in. We're going to do that same thing. We're going to do the weigh-ins. The difference is this is in-house. I know all of the athletes. I know what they're capable of. I know what their press outs look like. I know what everyone's jerks look like. I know basically around everyone's numbers. 
I, pr I probably know everyone's numbers. If you were to ask me someone, I would know their numbers. So you go and you weigh and we're going to do it in pounds. We're going to have three categories of pounds. So we're not going to do all the kilo weight classes. And then that will probably end around 9 a.m. We're going to do warm-ups. We'll do some announcements announcing everyone. And then we're going to just have fun. We're going to have three attempts at the snatch and then a little bit of an intermission with a 10-minute break. And then three attempts at the clean and jerk. And then the people just doing the clean and jerk are going to just jump in for that part. So they don't have to start warming up until the clean and jerk people are starting to warm up. So you you warm up to the weight that you yep. think you want your first attempt to be, to be. Yeah. So Carson, who now is like interning under me, she has everyone's numbers and we have an Excel spreadsheet. Usually people start at 85%. If that's technically sound. So you'll open at 85%. If you're technically sound, okay? There is a lot of people where they can hit their 95% easily because they're strong, but they're not technically sound. So some people like Christina, probably, for example, it will probably open a lot heavier than 85% because mm. she just crumbles at a certain weight. But for most people, we'll just make a spreadsheet. We'll email everyone what we want them to warm up to and back. Carson will be back there helping everyone warm up. And then we're just going to kind of run through it. So like the light, the person who's lifting the least will start and then we'll kind of just flow out like that. And we'll have two barbells. So the women's barbell is a 15 kilo, which is 33 pounds. And then the men's barbell is the 20 kilo rogue weightlifting barbell. And both of them are IWF bars. Let's say I do my first lift at 225 and I fuck it up. Is that what you, is that what you want to do? I probably will. Yeah. But let's say I fuck okay. it up. Do I then go to do it again? Or do two thirty twenty five again? Right. Yeah, you wanna you wanna hit that and be like, okay, I got this, you yeah. know, and then go up. You don't wanna you don't wanna miss it three times. And you know, I have coached someone, Anna, hi, that you know, she, I had an idea what I wanted her numbers to be. Anna had a different idea what her numbers wanted to be, and it fucking crumbled. So like, you kind of at some point you have to be like, okay. Me and Carson know what's best for you. So you've got to listen to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, type of thing. So we'll have all of your guys' numbers in the spreadsheet and we'll kind of... But if you want to open that 225, you got to hit that 225. Yeah. Okay. And then I'll let I'll you free reign. <laughs> you can go whatever you want after 225, but if you're opening at 225, you got to hit 225. Yeah. What's the usual like progression in weight for the three lifts? Is 10 pounds... So you don't want to wait too long before lifts. Correct. So like my, I, my last meet I did, I had to wait a really long time between my second and third attempt and I got cold. Yeah. So I didn't want to do another heavy attempt because I've already warmed up. I've already been out there for two of my lifts. And then there was a ton of people. I got backlogged. So huh. there's a ton of people before I went for my huh. 70. That's like my scary number, which I fucking could have hit but I, I was rested too long. So you have to really play with how many people are between you. And like, it's going to be hard because this is just a mock meet and in-house meet. As a coach, someone that's doing like a sanctioned meet, the coaches are doing a lot or playing around with other coaches. There's a screen, you see numbers and you're playing around like, where can my person go and still podium without getting too cold? So it might not be a max out day. You know, it's just something where you want them to podium, hit the number, and then we move on. Right. So you, some days on a meet, you might not have to max out because the person before you might miss and they're done. And you're like, okay, right, right, I'm just going to go up one kilo, you know, to yeah. just secure it. So it just really depends on how the other coaches are coaching their people. 
and numbers across the board. I, for this meet, I do want you guys to kind of go and find your max. Like we're not playing around. Like if you really want a medal, like you'll get a Pharaoh's medal, but like, yeah, I want you guys to go for it. Yeah. I don't, I think stuff like, cause you'll get adrenaline. Yeah. I think, and I also think anybody that competes in anything, I always just say, do as many competitions as you can, because just practice being in a competitive mode as opposed to just training. Yeah. You know, it, it's even if it like feels it's beneath you, just do it. Like, do it. Just do, just do a meet because why not? Test yourself. Put yourself in that that kind of place. Hey, Andre, I see you <laughs> weightlifting by yourself every day. I see you. Like, I don't want him to do it because he's, like, he's he's definitely going to beat me, so I don't want him to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you know what I mean? It's like you're training for it already. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I understand that it's fun to do on your own, but like you should like, you know, have fun with it and like see what you are like under pressure because everyone's different under pressure. Yeah. Like I'm like, like if you watch footage of me from meets, like I am like completely disassociated. I'm like a tiger. I'm like a caged tiger. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's different- and then some people are up there all smiles. Yeah. Like it's different. Like some people can like, I'm not like, I'm very like, I, you know, it's kind of like you're on like a stage because you're in front of a bunch of people and you're on a platform. So like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm a great, I mean, maybe I am, but I'm not great in front of people, but you know, I do, I fully disassociate. I couldn't tell you who's out there. Nothing. That's good. I think don't know what the announcers are saying. I think it's good. It's good to be able to block out the noise. Um, I used to think about um, like penalty takers in the world cup. The ones that do yeah. well in penalty shootouts are the ones that can block it out. Because can you imagine? Yeah, I was a I was a PK kicker. In yeah, can you imagine? It's the same the, thing. Yeah, you the pressure of no. hundred thousand people watching you like take a penalty in a World Cup. I mean, I just watch them like oh my God, the pressure is just so immense. And going back to your country that might like burn oh it down. The mental like, strength mm, you have to no. have to not fuck it up. It's it's wild, wild. Yeah. So we have got this meet coming up. What? After, after this meet, where does where do we go from, with the Barbell Club from this point? Yeah, so that's a good question because like uh, my programming, I, I pro- this has been I've been programming for this meet since January. So like we've been in a really really long block and we're in our taper right now. I think we're gonna pull back a little bit and then discuss summer meets. There's a bunch of you saw um, sanctioned meets coming up throughout the summer. That's usually when there's a lot of them talk about who wants to do any of the local competitions that maybe like um, SoCal weightlifting or whatever, and then have a little bit of fun for the next month and then go into another serious block going into summer. Yeah. Cause you have to pull back cause your body is like done. You know, that first week after pulling back, you're like, what am I doing with myself? Like you kind of, you get a little depressed. Like I got super mm-hmm. depressed after my meet because I was right. training I was so kidding. hard for something. And then it was done. Mm. And I'm like, what now? You know, I don't want anyone to feel that because that's a, it's a really shitty feeling. And that's, you know, I want it to be like fun and lighthearted yeah. going into the next block. And I think it's really important for people to stay. I think the key thing with, with, with athletics like that is you have to remember it doesn't define you. And I think a lot of CrossFitters suffer from that. Like they go into the open thinking, oh, I'm going to get to games or whatever they think they're going to do. And of course, they're nowhere near. But then, you know, afterwards they deal with that, like, what, so if I can't do this, then what am I? Who am I? Yeah. Who am I? What am I doing with my, like, yeah. And you know what? 
we've seen that with a certain someone at the gym. And this year, they're just like a brand new person. They did the open. They did. They came back from an injury. Like they did quarterfinals. They still did great. But like you know, they didn't make it to the next part. But they're like onward and upward, and that is how it should be. Yeah, I think you know, onward and fucking upward. Because otherwise, what's the fucking point? I think one of the biggest measures of character is how you deal with failure. And if you deal with yeah, failure, one hundred percent, you've got a strong character. It, it's if you throw tantrums and stuff. I think of CrossFit like their business model you know, getting all these people signed up in the open and like cheer, like signed up the $25 had, I don't know how many people signed up. I think it has been like de-escalating or whatever, but all these people with hopes of what, you know, the top, right. whatever, 1% what? are the ones going to the games. What are your hopes to go to semifinals, to yeah. go to quarterfinals, to do well, to be top 500 in the open. They've created this, yeah, the, the story in the head. Culty, the story the, in the head. This is, it's like, it, the, I mean, it's essentially a cult. The main thing but, you know, is to enjoy it. I mean, that's what it always was. It was to like, enjoy it. Let's do something fun that we enjoy. Because you remember the days when the CrossFit didn't exist. People were going to the gym and doing their thing. And like a lot of people just going on their own with their headphones and doing their, their thing, which is great. And I still do that sometimes. Um, and then CrossFit came along and people started having fun together and working out together and pushing each other and, yeah. learning, stuff and learning new skills. And that's the fun side of it. The problem with competition is people start to take it too seriously. They start to define themselves by the result of that competition. And then it becomes a negative thing. And there's a lot of people who basically give up doing that thing because they're like, they can't deal with the failure of it. As opposed to yeah. remembering, I was just doing this for fun. Like this was just meant to be fun. So I think it's always important to remember that, whether it's weightlifting, whether it's crossfit, whatever it is, like, it's not your job. It's not yeah. your job. It's not like, your job. And bills. This is just something that's fun. And you have to remember that's what yeah. it is. And um, you probably need a creative outlet or some other, like, you can do crossfit right. and love yeah. crossfit, but you probably need to either, like, get into something else that's not fitness related or therapy, really. I mean, like, it's just... <laughs> CrossFit create create some really you know I love CrossFit it it I wouldn't be here being a weightlifting coach without CrossFit you know but like it can create some really ugly ugliness within people I feel like and I think that's with anything where you're competitive you know but yeah like people are looking at like during the open you're looking at scores you're caring what other people are doing you're panicking about the workouts like it's just for what? For what? I always remember when I was a kid, I must have been 10 years old. There was a guy, probably like three years older than me, really talented football player, like soccer player in England. And he was so good that everybody just used to foul him because he was so good. But rather than getting pissed off, every time he got fouled and went down, he got up and just laughed. Because yeah. he knew it was because he was so good, but that's how he dealt with that situation. Rather than getting like riled up and upset and all this kind of stuff, yeah, know, I looked at the guys like that's that's the kind of person I want to be. Like if I miss something, I just want to, like you know, you don't want to. Not everything's a joke, obviously, and you want to take no, but stuff. yeah, you you do kind of have to brush it off your shoulders, brush it off, and just take it for what it is. All right, Robin Reader, um, I love you. I think you're doing great work. Um, I'm really impressed with everything you've done at the the Barber Club. It's been so good. To Thank see. you. The evolution of it, the participation in it, the the way that you deal with it, the way that you handle it, the way that you publicize it. 
Um, I think it's I think it's really special. Yay. I think you're really special. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having of course, me. I'm looking forward to the meet. It's going to be super fun. Yeah, me too. See you then. Um, guys, uh, before you go, Robin, just let, uh, we are trying to raise money. Um, yes. Tell, tell everyone what we're raising money for. So we're raising money for the um, Sarcoma Foundation of America. So that goes towards research towards sarcomas specifically. Any cancer research is great, but the thing with rare cancers, specifically sarcomas, a lot of money doesn't go towards them. So donating specifically towards a foundation that goes towards sarcoma research helps greatly new new treatment, you know, uh, limb salvaging. So people don't have to lose limbs to sarcomas. There's a lot of things that the research goes to, and it's really important that it goes specifically to that because it's not, they're not big foundations because it's not a known cancer. And just so you guys know, all the money will go to that charity. Yep. Everything's going to the charity. Yep. So whether you're participating, whether you're, whether you're coming to watch and you're going to donate, just yep. know that all that money is going to that charity. And it's uh, 1316 Glendale Boulevard, Paris Athletic Club. We hope to see you there. Uh, we hope to see you in the gym soon. And until the next time, take care. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye, Pete. Thanks, Robin.